You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners, to Breaking the Silence. Today we have, once again, Cassandra Holtz with us. Cassandra was with us on our fourth episode of Breaking the Silence, so you can refer back to her first episode back then, but we wanted her to come back because she has so many other great things to discuss with us about. And for today, we are answering the question, is addiction a life sentence? And so, Cassandra, can you once again introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited to be talking with you guys. I am working right now at a residential treatment center in Provo. I have three classes left at BYU to finish up an undergrad in linguistics. I'm wanting to go into either social work or marriage and family therapy. And I'm 29 and I live in Provo, grew up in Oregon, and I have a cat. Yes. What's the cat's name again? His name is Sammy. He's Rottlar. Sammy. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Nice. Cute little Sammy. It's so great to see you again, Cassie. And I know you as Cassie. Oh, yeah. Please call me Cassie. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, sometimes you go by Cassandra and I know you was Cassie. So that's probably what's going to come out of my mouth. It's so <laughs> great to see you. Uh, we are so excited to have you on the podcast. And I don't know if you knew this, Cassie, but I'm about to have a baby. And I don't wow. think I've told our listeners either. So exciting. <laughs> so exciting. So when are you due? I'm due on November 2nd. And honestly, she could come any day. So it's very exciting at this point. So listeners, maybe next time we tune in, I'll have a baby. <laughs> we shall see. That's so awesome. But Cassie, I'm so excited to dive into this is addiction a life sentence with you because I think often that is a stigma that comes with this is that if this is something I struggled with, then I will always struggle with it. And so I'm really excited to get your thoughts on this. And I think it's just important to remember that everyone's journey is going to be different and that as we dive into this, we just really want to be sensitive to what your experience is. Maybe you do feel like you're addicted. Maybe you don't feel like you're addicted and you just have a tendency to use pornography. Um, So wherever you're at in your journey with pornography, we honor that. With that, um, what are your initial thoughts on this question, Cassie? Yeah, so I think where that mindset comes from is once an addict, always an addict. I grew up believing that. So I think that's where a lot of fear comes from um, when talking about addiction or labeling yourself or someone else as an addict. It kind of stunts that person's ability to grow and change and heal. So that's, that's kind of what I think of. And so I think a lot of people, especially in the realm of pornography, where in the field of psychology, it's disputed whether or not you can actually be addicted to pornography. 
I don't know, I think a lot of people are both afraid to label someone as an addict and afraid to own it if they should be labeling themselves as such. I don't know. Those are kind of like my initial thoughts on it. Hmm. Is there a difference between labeling ourselves as an addict as opposed to saying, I have an addiction to pornography? Like, is, is one healthier than the other? I mean, I don't know if there's any literature or, or science on that, but your thoughts? Honestly, I think that it just depends on the person. When I first started out in my own recovery journey, I always have like labeled myself an addict. Just even like when I was young and I couldn't stop looking at it, just because that was the only term that I knew for a negative behavior that I couldn't stop doing besides a bad habit. But to me, this felt like a lot more than a bad habit. Yeah, I think as I got older and as I entered recovery, I tried to remember like, okay, my first identity is a daughter of God. Being an addict, that is not my identity. So I guess I would have to say that one might be healthier than the other. But also, I know that there are good things that come from admitting to yourself that you have a problem. And sometimes that's done by admitting that you are an addict. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I really appreciate that. And I think using and being willing to be flexible with it too and seeing what like fits best that makes sense. If it's helpful to label your experience as an addiction, do it. If it's not helpful and it's just keeping you trapped, try a different word for it. Try a different story. I think that's really, really important. I can speak to people that I know who've struggled with this. Some of them have gone back and forth at times in their lives. They've called it in their addiction. And at other times they've called it like their addictive behavior or, and labeled it in just like a different way because it no longer was part of their core identity for them. And so like my past addictive behavior is maybe how they have talked about it. And that was helpful for them. And I think that that's totally a beautiful thing. And I think it's also important to remember that not everyone is an addict when it comes to pornography. And so giving yourself space to explore that and see if it fits, see if the shoe fits. If it does, sweet. <laughs> let's let's work on that. Let's pick up that shoe and wear it. And if it doesn't, let's find a different shoe to wear it. Those are my thoughts on it. I know that as for me in particular, like I struggled for years trying to stop on my own. And once I finally accepted the fact that I was struggling and I had a compulsive use to pornography, I don't think I called it an addiction per se at the time, but I knew I could not stop on my own. And as long as we're honest about our use of it, I don't think it's as important to label ourselves as an addict or not, but that can always be determined by a professional, by someone that we're working with. Like Chriselle said too, you can totally change whatever label you go by if you ever you want. I think also maybe one of the wrestles that I have with should everyone use the word addiction, and I guess we've kind of transitioned into this topic a little bit, is that that's a pretty black and white, like yes or no thing. And I think that sometimes it's a common thinking error is to have black and white thinking of either I'm an addict or I'm not an addict, right? And I think that it's more of a range. I think the question that we should ask is not so much whether or not I need to use the term addiction or addict, but should I be in recovery? I think that's the question that people need to focus on because I think that either there's a lot of fear 
around the word addict and not owning something that should be owned might stop someone from seeking that full recovery and getting the full help that they need. I guess that's the main thing is that there's just like a lot of fear around that word as if to like use the word addict is shaming somehow. So I think that's where some of my concern is where if we're afraid to use the word addict, then will people get the help that they need? And also for those people who do fit the word addict, like myself, for instance, could that be shaming for them? I don't know. That Those are some of the questions I have around that. I think those are really good questions. And I really appreciate that we're, you know, we don't always have the answers. And again, I don't think every shoe fits every person, right? And that's why there's so many different shoes in the world. <laughs> and, and, but I really do appreciate this question that you brought up of, maybe it's more important to focus on, do I need recovery? What would that look like in my life? Because I think that's something that we've kind of discussed in, in some of our past episodes that I've really loved is this idea of recovery is, is a complete change of who I am and, and meaning like living my best life and not just stepping away from the negative behavior, but really creating a life full of joy, a life full of the things that really fill your cup. And I think another word for recovery is repentance. And I'm going to just go there. And because that's a complete change of heart, mind, and, and body and soul, right? And that's the Greek definition of repentance. And that's exactly what recovery is, is that we're completely changing our course. We're, we're changing those things. And we all need that in our lives. And so what will it take for me to get to a place where I'm willing to change that big, right? My question for you in particular, Cassie, is what has been your journey with using the word addiction or labeling yourself as addict? What's it been like? Yeah, so I first learned that it really was considered an addiction by like what most therapists would consider an addiction. Just about five years ago or so, um, when I first entered recovery. So that means that my addiction was interfering with school, work, and relationships. I basically was unable to function in life. <laughs> For me, it was helpful, I think, to own the word addiction because it showed me the gravity of the situation and I was able to kind of be more fierce about my recovery and really dive into it. So going to 12-step meetings, meeting with a therapist, and the whole nine yards, that has been very helpful. My challenge has been understanding that addiction, or the term addict, is not a permanent thing in this life, or it doesn't have to be. I have an experience with uh, my therapist just a couple weeks ago. I told him that I haven't been to my regular 12-step meetings since they've started happening again after quarantine. And he said, well, why is that? And, you know, I was like feeling kind of guilty about it and feeling like not good. And I told him that it was because 
I wake up really early for my job. And so in order to make sure that I get enough sleep and I get in my scripture reading and my journaling and I wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, I am going to bed at like 8 p.m. most nights. And my meeting doesn't get done until 9 p.m. and it's just way too late for me. So he said, he's like, Cassie, you are living in recovery you're taking care of yourself. You're getting enough sleep. You are going to bed early and getting up early. You are journaling, scripture reading. The goal is not to stay in recovery. The goal isn't to continue going to 12-step meetings your whole life. The goal is to get to a point where you don't need your 12-step meetings anymore. And I think you're there. That was just an awesome realization that I don't think I had ever even considered. Like, I've been doing recovery for so long that I forgot that that's not where I was meant to stay. The principles of recovery and the tools I gain from recovery will be lifelong. Principles of self-care and connection, building relationships, those are lifelong principles. But not every single thing will be necessary for the rest of my life. I really, really love this. And I just want to shout amen. And, and I congrats. Think and way to go. <laughs> yeah, way to, way to have this like awakening that the end is not to just go to my weekly meeting for the rest of my life. Right. Um, the end is not to work a program for eternity. That's not the end. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a beautiful and eternal and wonderful principle that you just said that, that the end is so much greater than that. And sometimes we need to let go of the crutches that we sometimes pick up to walk that path that are no longer serving us. Right. Yeah. And to be okay with the fact that this is no longer serving me. And if I need to come back to it, I can always pick it up. Right. Right. But if not, let's put it down. So I think that when we use ideas like once an addict, always an addict, we are completely shortchanging Jesus Christ's power. We are limiting his own power. The God of the universe is not capable of healing me in this life. Like, how is that even comprehensible? You know what I mean? Like, if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth and that he sent his son to atone for our sins and Jesus Christ is the master healer, how can you not believe that he will heal my addiction? To me, it's baffling. If you're not religious, even so, the mind and the body are incredible at self-healing. And as we use the tools that are available to us with time, there's no reason why one cannot be healed from addiction. I think your perspective, Cassie, points to the fact that it's so important for everybody to look at this as an individual journey, not to compare themselves to anybody at all, not to say, oh, I'll probably be doing this for the rest of my life. Or to say, oh, I'll be done with this in a matter of a few months or just a few years. Because for some people, it really does take a, a lot of time, a lot of time. 
I think also it's important to remember that we are constantly going to be in and out of different phases of life. And as we go through these different stages and face different trials and become different people and are shaped in ways we couldn't have imagined, like there might come a time in my life where I'm going to need to go back to 12-step meetings and that's okay. I love this so much. Thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing your experience and for jumping into this question, is an addiction a life sentence? I have so appreciated your thoughts and can't wait to have you back for another episode. Thanks, Chriselle. Thanks, Creed. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.